brought to you almost live from the dude in the basement studios. Why? Because that's where the good stuff is. It sips, suds, and smokes with your smoking host, the good old boys. It's sippin' time. Oh, it is definitely sippin' time here on Sips, Suds, and Smokes. Welcome to the Sips episode, where everything good in life is worth discussing. We are the best thing on at 2 a.m., and we thank you for choosing to listen to us instead of this riveting tale on Good Morning Scotland and the Sheep Crossing reports during the traffic reports. That, that's your cue to make the cheap <laughs> sounds, by the way. You know, bah. Yeah. No, that's bah. I, yeah. Uh, so uh, look it up, people. I cannot make this stuff up. The BBC brings this compelling world. Uh, so I'm sorry. It brings the world all this uh, compelling content. I just, you know, seriously, um, I'm so glad you joined us instead of that. This is good old boy Mike. Joining me here at the table is good old boy Michael. 52 sips is still sipping. It still is sipping. <laughs> uh, technically, that is correct. Ossifer. <laughs> Good old gal, Carrie Ann, just joined us. Hi, I'm Rumbabalicious. <laughs> well, well, there you go, there you go. <laughs> yeah. How many people think that's lame? I do. <laughs> Stop it! <laughs> Good old boy, Brian, has uh, joined us as well. Cheers, everybody. All righty. Well, our sip segments are all about wine, distilled spirits, tea, and coffee. What we're going to discuss in this segment, other than sheep, is rum. Yo, oh, yo, oh, a pirate's life for me. Yeah, rum, as this is the best of rum episode. That's right. We're talking about some of the very best products uh, that we could get our hands around. We've done uh, this before, um, so if you've paid attention, we've actually covered some of the best of whiskey and gin on some prior episodes. Now, listen, we took a little different process that we've done here with uh, our best of rum. So, uh, there's actually a stunning blind tasting um, at the Rum Renaissance Festival in Florida. And what we decided to do is we decided to adopt their results as a starting point for us, and then... We kind of revise this, you know, based on availability to our audience. So um, it's uh, it's going to be a really good discussion. We got some great products to talk about today for sure. Definitely, yep. Everybody's like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Brian gets the honor of going over our sips ratings for today. Now, Brian, uh oh, yes, you knew it was coming, buddy. All of our new co-hosts get the distinct honor of looking what it would be like to channel their inner pirate as you discuss the sips rating uh, suds sips ratings <laughs> sips ratings for today how much so, rum have you had i know 52 Ossifer, i'll have some more rum a table 13 uh so i want you to use your best pirate talk lots of args okay and uh introduce the sips ratings for our audience for today all right here we go are we'll be tasting and discussing these drinks and rating them with these sips ratings plus our signature sounds here are those ratings now are give me a glass of water to wash me mouth 
It's pretty good. Not bad. That's like half, half step above lame. <laughs> Ahoy! What else do you have? Two sips. Three sips. Blimey, what was that again? Oh, well. I tried to slide in some English accent there. All right, let's keep the secret. Savvy? Pour ourselves another. Yeah. Need some more arcs. Ar, oh my. Ar, ar, ar. I was unaware anything could be this good. <laughs> oh my god. Our best rating is Sips 5. Ar, so there be the Sips ratings for our show for today, there, matey. So we're going to be talking about lots of rum, say. Yeah, we're done with this pirate business. I'm sorry. <laughs> yes, I am sorry. I just I drifted into Jamaican there uh, momentarily. Oh, that's so, in Jamaican. Karen is uh, going to introduce our first category here and tell us what we're going to be doing. Yes, yeah, so we're going to be talking about all the 52 sips we've had tonight. Um, our list of best rum is broken down into a couple of categories we have traditional aged drum premium aged drum and white rum if you want to know more about each of these categories check out our rum 101 episode we'll still discuss each category here briefly and then our top picks using our ratings if we have time I hope we do. We'll discuss the agricole category and some of the products you should not miss as those are being introduced into the market. Up first is traditional aged rum. We use the definition of products aged at least two years. A very common term you'll see on the product label is gold or amber, and most of the products on our list have that in the product description. So our first traditional aged rum we tasted was the Mezzan. Uh, Me- we don't know how. Uh, We're going to say Mezzan, the Guiana, uh, 2005. Yo, ho, yo, ho, a pirate's life for me. I think the pirate to be seen, Mezzan, yeah, or Mazon or Mezzan. One of them. Pirate or not. Yep. We're going with Mezzan. Mezzan. Chris. Yeah, we'll yep. do that. Uh, oh, so they're an independent the first step distiller. of stepping in it is what? own it. Own it. <laughs> own it. Mezzan is an independent bottler from the UK. Um, and this Guiana 2005 uh, product that we had is another rum they've been able to source from DDL. Uh, that's the Demerara Distillers Limited. They make Demerara rums. And this product uh, sourced by Mezzan and the ABV on this is 40%. Uh, to be labeled Demerara, you have to come from Guiana, which is on the north coast of South America. I really thought this was an interesting um well, example of that, um, you kind of you taste the sugar without tasting the sweet, which is a weird thing to say, but that's kind of how I would best describe it. Hmm. Oh, it's a tad harsh. Uh, I thought, you know, of uh, all the the gold rums, uh, you know, that we had here, I, th- I thought this was something you just had to. I think there is something very unique about this that I'm not getting. I think yeah. would probably be the way I describe yeah. it. I agree. I got a lot of heat off of it. A lot of Mm-hmm. Green pepper, but also a lot of yeah. liquor. That's funny. I wrote down white pepper. Yeah. 
It has vegetal, kind of uh, intense on the nose, but not in a pleasant way. Yeah, it's almost like uh, there's some discussion of how I should be tasting this and what I should be getting, and I'm not getting it. Yeah. So I feel like I'm on the outside knowing there's something cool going on here, but I'm not really quite sure what it was because I just really found it very abrasive, you know, um, and I felt like I was kind of having to grind my way through enjoying this. Yeah, if we're talking about seasonings that you put on chicken... Uh, that's probably not. <laughs> no. I don't know. I kind of have a different take than that. Chicken, I mean, sheep. I, it's, there's a, oh, yeah. Welcome to the whole farm animal show here. <laughs> Knowing that it's a Demerara, I think I feel like I already had that in my head. And Demerara um, sugar, if you don't know, is um, it's a raw sugar, but really different from brown sugar where molasses is added into white sugar. Demerara is that brown, crunchy sugar. And I feel like you taste that brown part of the sugar in this without tasting the sweetness of the sugar and i really like that that kind of flavor of it yeah you um, know, but but i wouldn't argue it's not like the smoothest it's something you know so you know i make a lot of drinks as well as you know even cook you know with this quite often and really know the differences you know between demerara sugars and other types of sugars and there's a a terroir you know kind of quality mm-hmm. you know about demerara that um, is not evident in a lot of other uh, things. And <clears throat> I don't know, I just, for some reason, it just, I don't know, it didn't quite translate, you know, to this. So, um, well, our uh, SIPS rating for the Maison Guyana 2005 is going to be a three. Interesting. So next up, we taste the Maison Panama from 2006. Um, this is a column distilled rum from an unstated producer that grows its own cane, aged twice in separate sets of ex bourbon casks. Uh, it gives it a significant amount of color. No bottling date is noted. Um, we had some very differing opinions here. Um, Michael said he tasted hazelnut. I tasted witch hazel, thought it was a little astringent. Not my favorite, but. Yeah, in fact, yeah. that is the same words I wrote down. Not my fave. Um, <laughs> um, so uh, it was um, harsh was not the right word. This was I thought astringent was a very good adjective to describe um, it. There was something about it again that I, it, it was a different party with the same music. Um, you know, felt like I stepped to another room and somebody said, "By the way, here are all the cool things it should be tasting," and I'm just not picking it up. So, Brian, what you think about this? I actually really like this one. I gave it a, a, a little bit higher rating than everyone else, but um, I got a lot of caramel notes, a lot of vanilla, um, the hazelnut. Um, I didn't think it was overly hot as as the previous one, but I actually I actually really enjoyed this one. So, you know, I, there might be a story that's going on, you know, about uh, you know working with a different independent bottler that's going on here that may be playing into some of the you know, the buzz around this, it's almost like I almost, I feel like somebody is saying, well, this is not plantation and this is not, you know, um, Velier, um, or another independent bottler of some kind that's kind of stepping in and, and, you know, creating something, there's something unique that's, that should be going on here. So I don't know. They're just, I feel like I'm trapped in some marketing story, you know, around both of these. (laughs) I'll give you a story. So this reminded me of getting really drunk, like while I'm camping. 
And then that feeling when you wake up on the forest floor the next morning. <laughs> it's like waking up in the wow. middle of a forest and wondering what exactly happened. I, I agree. I went that all went through my head as you said it. I was like, oh, I, I see what you're saying. We're gonna help both these guys help through this. <laughs> the right pine after needles, the spring. maybe. Yeah. Hey, welcome back to Sip Suds and Smokes. On today's episode, we're discussing our best of rum that we've uh, picked for this episode. We're going through some of the traditional age rums, and we've covered a couple so far. We're actually, we're just chatting about Mazan, uh, Panama, 2006, and we're about to rescue Mike from the fourth floor. (laughs) (laughs) Or the forest floor, either one. Forest. Yeah, uh, for sure. Yeah, I think, um, you know, (laughs) as you arrive at that moment, you'll wonder specifically, what was I supposed to be tasting? So, yeah. Our sips rating for the Mazan uh, Panama 2006 is also going to be a three. Interesting. Yeah, so our next one we tasted was the Grander 12. Uh, Using sugarcane from Herrera, Panama, they fermented grade A molasses and had it distilled using a 1922 American copper and brassworks continuous column still. The rum is then aged in used American bourbon barrels. The rum and the blend have minimum of eight years in age, and it is blended to 90 proof. The product is filtered first through cellulose plates and then by cold filtration. The company claims that the rum is not altered by coloring, flavoring, or blending of additives. Hmm. I like this this rum. I tasted it first um, at a urban um festival and i thought it fit in pretty well there it has a really buttery mouthfeel it's got some good butterscotch notes i think it's a really nicely um balanced and complex um it's not gonna like knock your socks off you don't have to think about it too hard but i think it's a really nice example of this category i got a lot of coffee notes on it um when i tasted it. a little bit of burnt sugar um i thought it was beautiful as well um definitely cocktailable but um, the coffee was really what stood out for me. Tailable. <laughs> yeah, uh, I definitely think this was very distinctive. Um, you know, sweet was the first thing that caught me. Michael, what do you think about this? Yeah, I thought it was really nice and mild. Had some nice honey vanilla and some spice to it. And then a little touch of lemongrass I thought was really cool. It was mm. very just oh. uh, kind of nuanced and light. Yeah, I, I liked it. Um, so, uh, I captured some other things. I described this as kind of an earthy, you know, a mm. dirt feel, you know, to a terroir. Uh, it just, uh, it felt like, you know, there was a connection, you know, with this product, with the underlying, you know, base ingredients that, you know, you weren't really seeing, you know, in some other things we had had, um, so far. I, I really enjoyed this. I thought it was, uh, probably one of the better things in this category, um, I mean, would you guys go back to this? Vanilla. Uh, I'm, so- I'm sorry. That's the next product. Uh, but I just thought it was good. <laughs> there was no vanilla in this for me. We like Yeah? It. Like the Grander? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Our uh, Sips rating for the Grander 12 is also going to be a three. Sorry. Now we'll move on to the vanilla. <laughs> vanilla. Yeah. So the next product we tried was the Real McCoy 5. And for me, Real McCoy, I have a little... Um, it's it's the thing that made me think twice about rum. Uh, when I tasted some of 
the finished products in the 12 year old category, which we'll talk about in a minute. But um, so I really like the real McCoy. I think they're doing great things. Um, we're going to taste those all um, the five, eight and 12 year old. Um, they've all made this list. Um, so the real McCoy is part of the story. The condensed version is that Bill McCoy was a rum runner uh, during Prohibition and was known for making rum with no adulteration. Hence the term, the real McCoy. So Bailey Pryor decided to create a brand of rum while making a documentary film about Bill McCoy. Filmmaker, yes. Distiller, no. Mm -mm. Enter Richard Seal from Four Square Distillery. Hey, Richard. I am here to save the day. <laughs> so he's producing the rums with um, these techniques from Bill, and these are um, now a well-represented product, respected also. So um, Constellation Brands also took a minority stake in Real McCoy in 2017. They use a combination of copper pot and column steel, like a lot of these guys do, and they blend the rum to 80 proof. Yeah, really a lot. Uh, we're going to talk about these uh, Real McCoys for sure. Um, Michael, what would you think about this? I loved it. Uh, I got like some cool bananas, foster and spice, baked apple, pretty complex, a really nice mouthfeel. Um, just, just a really well-rounded rum. Yeah. I think we have a lot of the similar notes on this one as opposed to the others. I get, mm -hmm. you know, I would, I said different words, but burnt sugar and banana and caramel mm -hmm. all in that same category. I think it's just a really complex and delicious little tasting rum. Yeah. I'm right with Mike. Uh, I got a lot of vanilla notes, caramel, ban banana, banana foster again. Um, I thought it was my favorite of the category. Definitely easy sipping. Uh, ROM as well with one cube would be great. Yeah, I think the thing that's uh, catching, you know, Carrie and, Carrie Ann and I is that the uh, the way that the barrel is interacting with um, the base liquid here is very similar to the, the, a lot of things you would pick up in whiskeys, especially that vanilla overtone. And I think that's the reason why we felt like, um, hey, I recognize this. Mm -hmm. This is a good old home. This is something my palate really likes yeah. and enjoys. And um, so I think that's the reason why a lot of the products from Foursquare have enjoyed a lot of crossover, uh, you know, in terms of consumerism is because I think they've bridged the gap, you know, in terms of a taste profile between those people that have had aged products, you know, be it, uh, you know, whiskey or uh, tequila or something else that's aged in a barrel. And I think they're bringing a lot of those really base characteristics that you get from a barrel aged product and really bringing it home in a, in a big way here. Yeah. These two brands, the real McCoy and Foursquare, I think they're, they're showing everything about like what rum can do in a barrel. If you give it the time and I'm looking forward to seeing some more brands following those footsteps. Yeah. So uh, we're going to get to talk about uh, the real McCoy's through the entire continuity of the episode today. Our SIPs rating for the Real McCoy 5 is going to be a 4. That's classified. And if you're paying attention, just like Brian was, it was the best of the flight there for um, things in the premium age, um, premium age rum category. I'm sorry, traditional age rum category. All the rum. All, All the rum. rums, man. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> John Spartan, you are fine. <laughs> 52 SIPs. 
I just can't help myself. Next up, uh, Michael's going to tell us all about premium age rums and some of the products that we chose uh, that we chose in this category. <laughs> could, could you give me that bottle? Just, I'm sorry. I just want to give you the just, water. I'm just, I yeah, I'm, I'm just I'm a little low over here. <laughs> yeah. So we chose this as the next category to describe products that have some advanced age, usually eight years or more. Uh, sometimes it's just the top of the product line or it's the best stuff. You're not going to want to make a cocktail with these products necessarily. This is sipping time, whether neat or on the rocks or with an ice cube uh, or maybe one big old ice cube. Uh, so the Real McCoy 12, this was the 12-year version of the rum that we just talked about from Foursquare. This is like Foursquare squared. Uh, this was, a, to me, was a more intense version, kind of more maple smoky uh, version of the real McCoy five. And I love this one. This was one of the, my favorites of the whole shebang. Yeah. 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 Really fabulous. Yes. Mm-hmm. All the, yes, Carrie and I yes, are yes, shaking yes. our heads here. I mean, all the way around. I mean, yeah, we recognize this taste profile. Uh, this is like, okay. Yeah. This is totally the sweet spot, you know, that we're going to have for, I think rums in general, but more importantly, a barrel aged product. I mean, I got a lot of clove and baker spice and just all the deliciousness that I wanted in a rum. Mm-hmm. We should just quit here. <laughs> yeah. Let's just <laughs> light a cigar. Yeah. I th- but wait, there's more. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, I think the uh, the best way to describe this product is I'll have another <laughs> for sure. Right. Um, is the best way I would describe the Real McCoy 12. Um, really stunning all the way across. Our sips rating for the Real McCoy 12 is going to be a five. Oh my goodness! Yes, 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 yes. All right, Michael. What's next? I feel like you cut her off right in the middle. You just shut the door. (laughs) Batteries ran low. (laughs) We've got the Mount Gay 1703 Master Select. So, contrary to popular belief, the year 1703 is not the year Rome was first distilled on the island of Barbados. Mount Gay is often cited as the first rum distillery. It was the first legally recognized distillery, but the noble spirit was produced much earlier than this date in Barbados. Uh, Mount Gay 1703 Master Select Rum. Uh, This has been in circulation for a number of years. It was recently revamped with new packaging and more information on the actual rums involved in the blend. The version of Mount, this version of Mount Gay 1703 is from the the 2017 batch. This batch is one of 12,000 bottles issued annually. It is a blend of rums aged between 10 and 30 years. And as far as I'm aware, it is a blend of pot and column distillates from 55 different casks, expertly blended by Alan Smith. Alan is widely recognized as one of the best rum blenders in the world. These rums are blended and matured in ex-bourbon casks. Very cool stuff. Yeah, Yeah, so I really... uh the thing I love about this is it's really showing off the skill of the blending that Alan does, both with the everyday products, you know, that uh, Mount Gay has been around for forever. And I think a lot of people are looking for a very common taste profile uh, that happens with Mount Gay. This is kind of like a exponential version, you know, of Mount Gay that a lot of people haven't been exposed to um, so far. I think uh, for me, this is an unleash the beast, you know, representation of what can happen with Mount Gay. It's basically, you know, looking to the master distiller and going, 
Yeah, just do your thing, man. Yeah. Um, and that's what kind of struck me as what was going on with this. Yeah, I like how we're talking about the master blender as well. I think it's a, a, a job not recognized by a lot of people outside of the scotch industry where it, it is super important. And I think a lot of distilleries lack that from batch to batch. So I think having that on staff is a good a good call. We know a lot of good master blenders, don't we, Carrie Ann? A couple few. Yeah. Well, and you respect the artistry of what those people do, right? I mean, the blender is... The blender is the blender. I mean, they're the ones who decide what it's going to taste like and make sure it tastes like that all the time. So in America, we tend to not give the blender the credit, but blenders are where it's at. And so when you have products like this, like they're really putting their stamp on it um, by taking samples of all those barrels. Those distillates are the same going in and they get to pick and choose how to make this particular bottle taste. And I think... That's where the artistry is and um, and rum and whiskey and a number of different spirits. So this is just a great example of it. Our sips rating here for the Mount Gay 1703 Master Select is going to be a three. Interesting. We're not letting go of this just yet, are we, Michael? No, we've got the Mount Gay XO, which was awesome. Uh, a version of cask strength Mount Gay. It's been around much longer, and this continues to be the value buy against the Master Select. Much of this blend has been around so long, it's the reference XO rum. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, you know, this is uh, something when everybody talks about kind of this category, and they're like, well, this tastes like XO. That's This is the taste profile that pops into my head, you know, right off the bat. And we're all, you know, shaking our head going, absolutely. You know, because... There are a few things that you certainly carry, you know, the XO label. Actually, we have a, a, um, another product here in the lineup we're going to talk about in a minute. But this Mount Gate XO just really has, um, you know, exactly a very mature taste profile. And I love coming back to it as a reference model and going, is this better or worse than the Mount Gate? It, to me, that's the where the bar is at. Yeah, I think in the Rum 101 episode, we talk about how uh, rum in the U.S. especially, but worldwide is just really unregulated and it doesn't have a lot of these rules. But if you choose to put the letters XO on your bottle, you're making a statement and you're putting yourself up against cognacs and armagnacs and letting that XO mean something. So I think the the two that we're going to talk about today really are um, exemplary of what an XO should be on a bottle, even though... Nobody says what that means in rum. I, I mean, I agree completely. I think XO is one of those terminologies that gets thrown out around a lot that doesn't really have an actual meaning behind it in the I mean, rum it, world. Yeah. In the rum world. Um, but it really for me, does have a meaning in other worlds. Yes. The, the two that we tried today were both amazing. And, and this one, I got a lot of burnt sugar. And again, I agree with Mike that this is where my standard would be for what uh, a premium aged rum should be. Yeah. Well, our uh, sips rating for the Mount Gay XO is going to be a four. That's classified. All right, next up, something very special that we all loved, the Plantation XO. Mm-hmm. It's uh, similar to Mizan that bottles rum from other sources, but there are a lot of great Plantation products available. The XO is widely available. So I got really interesting things on the nose. Like uh, I was like walking into a malt shop. Uh, there's some tropical fruit. Um, 
some kind of sea breeze stuff going on. It was really like being on vacation. Um, so, and it's sitting in front of me right now. So yeah, I'm man, enjoying you feel it. the vacation breeze happening. We're not going to enforce these fines. Yeah. Don't worry. Okay. <laughs> but this was just a beautiful rum. Lots going on. Lots to enjoy. Lots to love about it. Yeah. I think it starts out in this beautiful, like sweet notes uh, at the front, and it really relaxes in the middle of your palate with some of those vanillas and butterscotch, and and then it finishes and finishes and finishes. It just keeps on going. I think it's like a lovely, complex, really good sipper. I don't think it needs an ice cube. I don't think it needs a drop of water. It just is... Good. Needs a glass. It, it needs, needs a glass. glass. <laughs> it needs a bigger glass. Bigger yeah. glass. Bigger needs glass. a mouth. Yeah. I, th- I think this is one of the only bottles that I tried tonight that I was like, I need to go to the liquor store right now and buy this bottle. <laughs> yeah. Um, I get. I feel like Christmas when I drink this bottle. That's yeah. what it is to me. There is a lot of spice, I think, coming off this. Yeah, I agree with you. There's a touch of clove and cinnamon, um, and yeah, there's a bit of a mistletoe, you know, element kind of coming off this. Yeah. But in a good you way. You just want to kiss yeah. the sheet. Let's put, let's put this out for Santa with the, <laughs> with the cookies. Yes, put it out with Santa. I do, I do think it's a little hot on the nose, but other than that, I think huh. it's it's delicious. You know, uh, I absolutely remember the first time that I tasted this. It was uh, actually it was poured by one of a one of our cast members that's not here uh, tonight in in their retail store, and uh, I just kind of remember standing there going, "Wow, okay." Um, and I think you have that experience with a lot of plantation products. We have another one here in lineup, you know, here tonight. And um, there, you know, have, have this constant roller coaster, you know, effect that you go along with plantation where they've sourced some really amazing stuff. You're just like, wow, you don't want them to run out of this ever, you know? Yeah. And then they do, you know? Yeah. And this is one of those products that's been around for a while. Um, that, you know, I think they've been able to find a very consistent sourcing for this where it's been a- around for enough time that you can come back to it, you know, time and time again. You know, uh, the things that I said around the Mount Gay X- uh, Exo, this is the exponential step up. Yeah. Um, and I think that, you know, just when you th- think that something's not going to get better, it really improves uh, substantially. Um Really, uh, uh, that tropical fruit thing uh, was something I noticed quite a bit up front. Um, sweet, pleasant. I love those baking spices. Right. You know, it came around in this. It was just a great experience all the way around. I think, just like the sheep. I think we would all say that uh, this may be the best of this uh, part of the flight. We really love the uh, the real McCoy. But uh, our sips rating here for the Plantation XO is also going to be a five. Oh my goodness! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let her finish. <laughs> You're dashing down to the liquor store as we speak. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I'm, right. I'm out the door. I'm gonna ride a sheep down to the liquor <laughs> store for this one. <laughs> what I love is that we all chose to pour more of this uh, as yeah. we're all sitting here. And the ultimate, think, yeah, the ultimate the, compliment. <laughs> we'll be right back in a moment. Hey, welcome back to Sip Suds and Smokes. On today's episode, this is. The best of rum episode that we're going through. We've uh, gone through a couple of categories already: uh, traditional aged and premium aged rum. Um, we have uh, a couple more categories to talk about. Up next, uh, Brian's going to chat with us about white rum or blanc, and tell us what things we picked in this category. Are 
<laughs> I have to my the next category is white rum or blanc or silver or anything that's clear rum. There you go. Yes, the mass, vast majority of people consume rum in blanc in the white category. Every daiquiri or mojito made since the last hit by Wham. Who's Wham? Oh, oh my goodness! Oh, he did. He is. He did not Whoa. step on that landmine. He is. Uh, he's culturally uh, deficient. Mm. Uh, I'm, I'm just sorry. kidding, but it's okay. All right. Mm. Mm-hmm. All right, so made with white rum at your local franchised heat slash eat restaurant. These products are usually not aged or aged for a short period of time. Then they are charcoal filtered to get the color out of them. There's some really great products in this category, and picking three was probably one of the more difficult things we had to do tonight. Yep. Unlike the Kissing Cousin of Vodka, these products are all distinctive from each other. They're not bland and boring. Yeah, uh, definitely. Um uh, so uh, let's talk about this first one here, uh, which is actually from a sugar plantation. So Casa Magdalena, Ron Blanco. Every day, lines of trucks into the processing area of the Magdalena Sugar Mill in Guatemala, each packed with hundreds of tons of raw sugar cane. The endless proce- procession, I've had too much rum, fuels Central America's largest sugar producer, Igneo, Igneo, Igneo. Ingenio? That guy. That guy. Yeah. Known by the tagline Tierra Dulce. With sugar paying the bills, Magdalena did what centuries of sugar producers have done before and started making booze. Hmm. I think that roughly translates to uh, Sweet Land. Is that right? No? Like Sweet Home Alabama roll time. No, that is oh. not it. It's not <laughs> even remotely close. That is just. And once again. Is that, it? that is not it. She got in. She got in. <laughs> got it in. Uh, in 2001, the company started distilling, but not for itself. Magdalena sold neutral spirits in bulk to be used in all types of alcohol production from across the globe, including vodka, mixed tequila, and of course, rum. Today, through a partnership with Oregon's House Spirits for the first time, its rum is coming to the U.S. Using a pot still is illegal in Guatemala, and barrel aging is heavily for restricted, which is why Casa Magdalena rum brought its spirit to the U.S. via tankers, then matured for at least six months in bourbon barrels at the House Spirits Warehouse. Yeah, so really cool uh, production process uh, that they've decided to go with here. And, um, you know... Uh, interesting that they kind of crossed over into a premium, uh, you know, spirits market as well. What'd you guys think of this one? Well, I really like this one. Uh, I got a lot of banana on it. I thought the mouthfeel was really great. It had a nice silky texture to it. Uh, yeah, very distinctive. Carrie Ann, what'd you think about the uh, Casa Magdalena Blanco? I thought it was great in the cocktails we made with it last couple of shows ago. Um, it's not something I'd sip on at home, but I mean, it's a really nice example of the category. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nice like daiquiri rum. Um, I feel like anything that's got anything that's that's uh, not particularly aged all that much that does have a little bit of more mouthfeel to it. It's just perfect for daiquiris and some of those really kind of light, simple rum cocktails. So I think it kind of gives it a leg up. Yeah, you know, we talked uh, a little bit earlier uh, as we were introducing this category that there were distinctive elements, you know, these, uh, you know, Blanco, you know, white rums. And this is definitely something that was very distinct. You know, it's like, which one of these things is not like the other? And actually, none of these were the same. None of them. Right. And that's what I found uh, very interesting is that a lot of people are like, well, all white rum is the same. 
And man, if you sat down and tasted these. Well, there's an enormous difference between the column distilled and the pot distilled and the ones that are on the, on the um, combination of both of them. And I think this one takes a lot of the really cool, complex, funky flavors out of it. And it's just a solid like mixer room. Yeah. I agree. It uh, definitely stepped up a lot of things in this category. I'm with Michael that I think that when you think about, uh, you know, a good base, you know, cocktail, um, you know, I think you're going to find things that this is going to complement really well. Um, definitely things that are driven off of tropical fruit, especially things that are banana driven. Um, I think that to me, that would complement, you know, a lot totally. of cocktails. Banana you know. daiquiri city. Yeah. For sure. I'm personally banana driven. Let's go. <laughs> uh, hang on a second. Our sips rating here for the Casa Magdalena uh, Ron Blanco is going to be a three. Interesting. What's next there, Sir Brian? All right. So next we go back to the Rue McCoy's. This is the Rue McCoy three year. Um, it's a three year version of the Rue McCoy we introduced earlier. Again, that's charcoal filtered to get the color out. It is a clear. Actually, we noticed it kind of had a little bit of. Banana color. Banana color, mm-hmm. um, which I thought was interesting for 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 a, a white rum to not be completely white. Yeah, I am here to say the day. Yes, <laughs> you know, I think that that's part of the sound that keeps on going through my head with my you know with what no with <laughs> what Richard has done here is that you know I really think that he's come in to remind people of just how pure that the taste profile can be for rum in a very unadulterated, you know, that's the real McCoy. Um, and that's what I loved about this is it just, it was very simple. It was uh, very pure. Um, I just, I, I just thought that it was a good way of somebody saying, what does rum taste like? Boom. I'd put this in front of them all day long. Yeah. And in this category, you're not expecting something to say it's three years old and or yeah. be age stated. So it does have that tinge of color to it, but also it's got the advantage of three years in a barrel where all those harsh edges are really mellowed out and softened. And it's a word I hate to use in any term, but it's, it's smooth. It's just a really nice little rum. I think like the last one also mm-hmm. had a really great mouthfeel. Mm-hmm. Like had that creamy texture. That's Definitely. What she said. Mike, would you use this? Yeah, I would. Um, I would say it could have been I just had been tasting too many rums, but um, <laughs> it, I wish there was a little bit more going on with this one, but I do appreciate sort of the very pure, you know, the, the purity of the brand, mm. you know, and it, it really shines through with this one. Well, this brings on our sips rating here for the Real McCoy 3 is actually a 3 as well. Interesting. Hmm. Ryan, what's next? All right. So next we tasted the Plantation 3 Stars. It's a white rum from the French baseballing giant Plantation. The name is coined from the three stars of the Caribbean from which the rum is obtained, namely Jamaica, Barbados, and Trinidad. As with most of the, tr- the Plantation rums, there's no age statement. Um, again, this is one of my favorite of the bunch. Uh, just super delicious, great mouth mouthfeel, super cocktailable. Actually, almost probably the only white rum that I would drink on its own. I love we're making cocktailable a word this episode. Uh, I'm trying. I'm going for it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it works for me. Yeah. And again, they're they're kind of borrowing because they're French. They're like, here's what with the three stars because three stars means something in Armagnac and cognac. So I think that you know they're borrowing those designations, but knowing that they don't really have to stand for anything. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, they made it up. It's so. one way to go. Yeah. This, uh, I feel like the, a lot of the plantation stuff has this light tropical note that makes it so awesome to use in cocktails and you can go all these different directions with it and it'll just give you that little bit of complexity. So yeah, I'm a big fan of this one. There's a lot you can do with this one. Yeah, I found myself uh, looking at this product and, and all those things that call for a more of a Cuban uh, rum, you know, blend. Um, I found myself, you know, coming back around to this, you know, quite a bit. Um, I've had uh, some Havana Club um, here that I've, you know, kind of been tasting, you know, side by side, you know, with this, you know, along the way and going, I actually like the three star better, um, yeah. you know, and. And I think part of it is one is availability. Um, and I actually like the quality of this product a lot better than, you know, some other things that are a blended, you know, rum like this. Um, I really just thought it was a good representation of something that, and I like the way you said it, Brian, something I would still enjoy drinking neat, but I really love it, you know, as a, as a base cocktail <laughs> uh, rum as well. I think it presents a measure of complexity. Uh, Michael, you can probably charge $3 more for uh, everything you put three stars in. So. Hey, deal. Sounds great. It <laughs> <laughs> works for sure. Our SIPS rating for the plan station three star is going to be a four. That's classified. And it was our favorite of the flight as well. We have one last product here to talk about in the white uh, rum blanc. So next we are, or last we tasted the, the cane run from the Spirits Giant of Sazerac. This is their blanc rum. Sazerac also offers Buffalo Trace, so you can say this may be the pappy of the white rum world. Which which one of us wrote that one? This rum is made in Trinidad and not in Bardstown. I'm sorry. I just... Speak the Holy Grail! Yeah. So, really interesting. I think move by Sazerac in general. I mean, this is somebody that didn't have to go down this path, you know? And I think that this struck me as a good base product for them to work with, you know, in, in the rum world. Um, it'll be very interesting if they decide to move down into some uh, aged products. Um, what would you think about them actually cross blending between some pappy barrels or some other Buffalo trace barrels and this rum? Not going to happen. I think it'll add some dollars to that price tag, but mm. Um, I, I just found this one lacking. I, I just, I needed something more out of it. Um, I thought it was very one note. Um, I really wanted to like it for his, for the price point of it, but I just, I just couldn't get behind it. Mike, Mike, what'd you think? Um, I'd say get one of those barrels and <laughs> do something, do something else than what you did with this. <laughs> wow. Interesting. Um, uh, yeah. I, hmm. Mm. Uh, Carrie Ann. It has a, Pretty chemically. Who's in the Sazerac, you know, doghouse for the day. <laughs> so it has like a chemically plasticky finish that I'm not on board with. But you could probably, you know, throw some coconut lime in there and that'll go away. Yeah. And uh, actually, when Carrie Ann and I were tasting this uh, neat, you know, we had that same conversation that it had um, some type of uh, plastic, you know, kind of finish off of it. So... I will confess that um, this was one of the few times I'd actually tasted this neat. Um, the vast majority of the time I've had cane rum has been, you know, blended in something. Um, actually, this is uh, one of the products we're going to feature on uh, our episode about what goes with bitter lemon. Um, and, uh, 
you know, this is a, a very interesting product I found quite extensible across a vast majority of cocktails um, across the board. I do like the price point. I enjoyed the uh, quality value, I think, for the price point here. Um, it'll be interesting to see how this product evolves, you know, over time. I think Sazerac, you know, I think we'll uh, play with this a bit more. I am predicting I so. that that whole plastic thing is going to go away. I, I'd actually be really, really interested to see it into a well program and how well it would do with like, well, we tried it neat. So I didn't get the chance to try it with a rum and Coke or yeah. rum and ginger. So it probably played really well into the, one of those. Yeah, it, it did. And, uh, you know, it was tasted the vast majority of these with bitter lemon. And if you guys don't know bitter lemon, like get out there and look for it. It is the perfect accompaniment to rum. And if you just want to have a splash of something in there, um, better than water, a bitter lemon is, you know, a traditional island kind of mixer, and there's a reason for it. Yeah, I'll be sure and uh, catch the episode with Carrie Ann and I talking about our favorite uh, uh, products that blended well with a couple of bitter lemon products available. Um, so that episode will be coming out in the near future as well. Sweet. Our sips episode, our sips rating for uh, Keen Run is also going to be a three as well. Looks like we have time to talk about agriculture. We do. We have yes! a little bit of time to chat about agriculture uh, products. So uh, if uh, just to kind of refresh all of you. So agriculture is actually a... It's kind of like a food law or labeling designation to talk about where something's from. And it has a bit of some prominence element to say, hey, this has not been touched by any other hands or adulterated. This is sugarcane or molasses that came from this soil on this land and all the way through and through. Um, a lot of products uh, that we're probably going to chat about here, a lot of them come from Martinique, uh, which is probably the largest designation of agricultural products currently available. There are not a whole lot of these available um, on the shelf right now, but I am betting this is the most explosive category of new products that you're going to see in rum. Yeah. yeah. Next to the finished aged products, but yeah. yeah. So agricultural um, specifically means that it's made from fresh sugarcane juice. Um, and that sugarcane juice has to come from grinding and pressing and pressing and grinding and grinding and pressing. So <laughs> it has no Where's additive. Where's the five sound effects? <laughs> just a one, it's, just, it's just a one hour show. <laughs> so it can't have additives. It can't be um, pressed by hot extraction. So it's really particular about how you get your sugar cane juice and then what you do with it. It can't be double distilled. Um, that's completely forbidden under the Martinique uh, AOC. So it's really one of the few products um, in the rum category that has some pretty strict rules um, around it, and you know what you're going to get. Favorite uh, agricultural product? Well, I'm drinking one of them. No, I was drinking one. The Clement, um, I think, is there's several versions of it, and they're just top-notch. Mm. Brian, favorite agricultural uh, I actually like one from the U.S., uh, Highwire Distilling um, out of North Carolina. It does a, a agricultural once a year. Mm. Michael? I, uh, on that same... Uh, tip, I love the St. George Agricole Maiden. Oh, you can use tiny amounts of that stuff in cocktails and it'll come through like a sea breeze. Hmm. Um, so really cool. It's like your friend that has a lot of character. You always we appreciate that. some of that. the JH too. That was so good. Hmm. Love it. And I love the uh, um, RM Rum, uh, the XO. Um, 
It was really good and a really great agricultural product you should check out. Well, we are so glad that you found us today. And we'll be right back here at the same place next week. We're anywhere that you can find a podcast. The easiest way to listen to us on your phone is to ask Siri, Alexa, Google, or lean over and ask Uncle Larry, play podcast, Sip, Suds, and Smokes. We love your feedback, and you can reach us online at info at sipsudsandsmokes.com. Our daily tasting notes fly out on Twitter every single day. Our handle on Twitter is at sipsudsmoke. Our Facebook page is always buzzing, buzzing, buzzing with lots of news. You're able to interact with the thousands of other fans on those social media platforms as well. Do us a favor. Take the time to rate this episode if you're listening to us online. Five stars. Five. And that's a great big help to us. And we get to see your feedback as well. I want to take the time to thank my lovely co-hosts here uh, that endured all of these rumps. Endured. Such a tough (laughs) word. So hard. (laughs) Good old boy, Michael. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Be sure and check out Michael's uh, Tiki Bar if you happen to be blowing through Nashville at Chopper. Chopper Tiki on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, Find us at choppertiki.com. Sounds great. Carrie Ann, tell everybody about your blog. Hi, I'm Carrie Ann. I uh, write some stuff about whiskey and whatnot at straightup615.com. And I haven't gotten a cease and desist today, but. You are hopeful, right? With hope. Good old boy, Brian. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Cheers again. Hey, this is good old boy, Mike, asking you, come back, join us once again for another exciting episode of Sip, Suds, and Smokes, and I will ask you to keep on sipping. been a one-tan hand production of Sip, Suds, and Smokes, a program devoted to the appreciation of some of the finer slices of life. From the dude in the basement studios, your host, the good old boys, will see you all next time. Mm-hmm.